You got a marvelous vibe, and I know it starts from inside. So fill your heart with pride and let your light shine brightly. Yo, don't hide. You're a work of art, unforgettable and off the charts. Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. Where's our therapist? Our therapist is taking a health day. <laughs> our, ter- our therapist. Okay, welcome back to Center Solutions. Today it is just Melanie and I because Christy, our therapist, is taking a mental health day. <laughs> Actually, it's not a mental health, it's a physical health. Uh, physical. Both so, are equally as important yes, as we've talked about before. Very much so. And we all, this, this is the, tis the season for sickness, unfortunately. That so. is true. So today we're going to talk about Kids First, which is a supervised visitation program for kids and their parents offered by centers. And since Christy and Melanie are the backbones of centers, and unfortunately Christy's not joining us today, but Melanie is here, and um, I'm going to let her explain what Kids First is. And we're also joined in the studio by Courtney Hurd who is a volunteer with Kids First. So we have a lot of unique perspectives about Kids First, and they're both going to explain why it's such a great program. How's it going today, Bellany? Oh, it's going great. We're so excited to have Courtney here. Um, Kids First is such an important program at Centers, um, and it really is. It only exists because of our volunteers. We can only keep it going with volunteers. Um, and basically, it is a supervised visitation program. What that is is uh, non-custodial parents are allowed to visit their child under supervision. It's usually court-ordered, not always. There are some other circumstances on occasion. But sometimes it's an individual that can – it's another individual that has to supervise. It could be a family member, social worker. But Centers provides a specialized program uh, so that there's a safe environment and our volunteers are there and there are cameras. Um, I'd really like to let Courtney kind of describe her experience. And she works for uh, Chevron. She's a project engineer at Chevron. And they have such a fantastic uh, volunteer. Uh, what would you say? It's it's They encourage volunteerism. That's 100% correct. They We have this really cool program where if you volunteer up to 20 hours, Chevron will actually donate $500 to a uh, an organization of your choice. And you can do that up to 40 hours. Yeah, so they really do promote volunteerism. And, I mean, why not? It's such a great way to give back to the community that you work in and meet new people. Just all around a wonderful experience. And how long have you been with Chevron, Courtney? So I've been with Chevron about two and a half years now. So it's been it's been a wonderful experience. I started in Houston and then had the opportunity to move into Midland and saw, you know, Kids First and some other volunteering programs as a great way to start, you know, start my time off in Midland right and it's it's been great, honestly. Sure, and the point of our podcast is we kind of dive behind the mission and the importance of the volunteer programs that are here. What attracted you to Kids First? Why did you, of all the play, we have a lot of nonprofits in Midland. Why Kids First? 
So when I first started out here in Midland, I actually went through the Generations Program, which is uh, run by the Nonprofit Management Center. And when you're going through this program, you get immersed in a lot of different nonprofits. They bring uh, several different people to come and talk to you about what their uh, nonprofits do and where they need help and additional resources. So that's kind of how I first got uh, wind of Kids First mm-hmm. was there was a tabling session and it was one of the programs that was uh, being highlighted. And it really just spoke to me that, oh, there are kids that aren't able to visit their parents unless they have these volunteers there that can monitor it. And so it just seems like a wonderful opportunity because – you know, you don't ever want to be putting a kid in a situation where they won't ever see their parents. That just, it really is heart wrenching. So if there was anything that I could do to help, I was going to do it. So I tried it out the first time and it was a, it was a great, great experience. Um, I love really how you empathize that it's the kids <laughs> yes. that get to see their parents because a lot of times when you say supervised visitation, people tend to connect with the idea that, okay, so we're helping bad guy maybe or i mean we don't know what happened but there's always that uh that undertone exactly Mm -hmm. it's a little dark but that's why we called it kids first because it is about putting the children at the center oh 100 percent. and i feel like all the volunteers really do kind of show that when they're when they're sitting there taking notes you know you're trying to help facilitate the meeting and if anything's going in a in a a direction that you don't want it to you kind of steer it right in the right back in the right direction to make sure that the, both sides are benefiting from uh, the interaction. And I feel like every single time I go through and, and supervise, the parent is always just so grateful at the end. Like, thank you so much for doing this. I'm so appreciative. Like, I haven't seen my kid in like, over a year sometimes. Oh, and wow. You just see how thankful they are, and it makes it all worth it in the end. So could you walk us through what sure. uh, what, a, what an evening would look like? or a, Definitely. A, so before you can even get started to be a volunteer, uh, Becca will take you through the, mm-hmm. the training, which is about, you know, two, two and a half hours. And, uh, she goes through the guidelines and some of the, some of the key rules are you don't want to ever have the, uh, the non-custodial parent talking about the future, alluding to things that aren't certain to kind of get the, the child's hopes and dreams. No up. promises for Disneyland. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. No promises for Disneyland or going to see their new decorated room mm-hmm. or stuff like that. So you get, you get um, acquainted with some of those different guidelines and how to how to um, steer a conversation away from those topics. So Becca set you up for success from the very beginning. And so on the first visit, you you're, you get there about 15 minutes early, and everyone's kind of sitting in this room, and um, it'll be the volunteers, and then the the custodial parent will all be in the same area, and then the non custodial parent actually enters from a, a different side of the building. So that's really important so that you don't have any friction whatsoever. And uh, our building is really set up yes. in a great way f- to keep everything separate. 100%. It's really fantastic. Yes, it is great facilitation all around. Yes. You can tell that it was well thought out <laughs> from the get-go. Yeah. So that way it's comfortable for both parents. Exactly. Okay. So if they if they don't want to interact, they don't have to. If there's some sort of friction, you don't have to worry about any altercations or any awkwardness. It's two separate entities. And so we'll get there early. And uh, it's, a, it's kind of a nice opportunity once you start doing it a few times because you get to know the families and you see familiar faces. And so you might spark conversations, ask the kids how their school's going, how are vacations, weekends, and stuff like that. So it allows you to connect a little bit more. And so 
you start out the visit. So one of the volunteers will be paired with a family. Sometimes there's one child. Sometimes there's multiple. It just kind of depends on what the situation is. And um, you'll keep, be assigned a room and walk the, the child down to the room and uh, just kind of make them feel comfortable there. Uh, you want to make sure that it's really is an environment for both parties to be able to be themselves and really interact to the to the highest uh, ability that they can. And so usually I'll sit down and make sure, read through the clipboard. There'll be notes sometimes on mm-hmm. there about the specific situation, um, depending on the family and, and kind of the history and how many visits they've had up until that point. And then start the start the camera rolling and... Usually that'll take about five minutes and then soon enough the, the parent will come in, the non-custodial parent will come in the room and that'll start off the, the session. And each visit lasts two hours. And as a volunteer, um, you're given a form that basically breaks down that visit in 15-minute increments. And it's you, your job to take notes on how the interaction's going. What's going on? What are they talking about? How are they interacting together? Are they playing? Are they just talking? Are they watching a movie? Um, is there anything that is a concern? So there'll, there'll be a part where you can talk about any um, interventions that you had to have. Like, did you have to steer the conversation a different way? Um, does, and that does that happen often? So it, it really just depends. Um, I probably done it for probably eight months now, almost a year. And I've had to uh, steer conversations away, I would say, maybe three times in that whole time. So That's not for the, too bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. For the most part, the parents, uh, the non-custodial parents really do want to adhere to the rules. Um, the best they can. Sometimes there are situations where you just, you slip up. You're like, oh, you know, I was talking to your, you know, sibling and they just really want to see you. And so I can't wait to, for them to come and see you. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, let's not, let's not talk about that quite yet because we don't know when that's going to happen. So is that how, how, how do you approach it's, that? It really is challenging because you don't want it to be, you don't want to be disrespectful and you don't want it to, to spark any awkwardness. So you kind of just have to do it as delicately as possible and just kind of say, hey, that's a great idea. Maybe not talk about that right now, maybe at a later date, but not right now. It's not it's not appropriate. And and most of the times um, I've never had a parent be like, "Uh, what? Uh, I still want to talk about it. Most of the time they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Just slipped. Uh, I'll I'll deviate from where I was going initially. I think that it's really important to mention that that as much as training as uh, we all, as volunteers, have their, um, the parents have, they are trained to. They know what the rules are, so that's yes, very helpful. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And and even sometimes, I will say, sometimes the there'll be bad days and good days for, for, both, um, for both parties. Sometimes um, the child is just tired or they'll be just really antsy and it's just not a good day for them. There have mm-hmm. definitely been um, situations where you observe one of the breakdowns and, oh. um, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the, part of the job of being a parent. And um, for them, they only get to see their, their child so many times. And so they might not be used to dealing with that range of emotions. Usually it's just a little snapshot of, of what they've uh been encountering, but they don't really see the wide range of emotions. So it might be a little bit awkward at first or a little bit hard to figure out how to handle it, but they usually get around to being able to comfort the kid and figure out a way past that uh, little bump in the road. And how often do they meet typically? So they usually meet twice a month, I believe. Okay. Um, I know that as the kids get older, their schedules get a little bit 
difficult. And so sometimes there'll be makeup sessions and stuff like that. But I think that's for for the most part, it's, it's twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, the volunteer days and times are Thursday evenings from six to eight. Um, and then there's also Saturdays. Um, there's a couple hours on Saturdays. And we have Midland and Odessa. Courtney volunteers in Midland. That's right. Uh, but we also have, we have a desperate need in Odessa. Um, I have to say, one of the, there there's some, uh, in listening to Courtney speak, there are so many reasons why this is important. If you can imagine, sometimes a, a family member is designated. Well, when Courtney has to say, okay, let's redirect, and she can do that in a polite way. There are so many different dynamics, say, if, if, I'm the parent and my mother is supervising. It's going to be a lot easier to be like, excuse me. <laughs> right. Don't, don't interfere uh, because there's family dynamics. There's sure. something really great about having that level of uh, there's, there's a, there are boundary lines. Yeah. Just an unbiased mediator yes, in the absolutely. room. Right. Exactly. And it creates a, a, it creates a space for respect. Mm-hmm. And that's respect for brown boundaries and also the safety. You, um, you know yes. that you feel, you feel pretty safe over I there. Do. There is always a, a police officer there. Yes. And he is delightful, wonderful, wonderful man. And it's, it's great to know that he's there if anything happens. Um, I know that Becca has, has well <laughs> trained the parents on what to do and what not to do. So yes. it's a, it's a perfectly safe environment. And even when you enter the building, you have to be buzzed in. There's a lot of different safeguards that are in place to make sure that everyone feels perfectly uh, safe. And there are cameras. So our volunteers, there's no need for them to ever have to appear in court because there's cameras. Everything is on video and they have their notes. So it's uh, it's really a wonderful program. It is. Um, So Bailey and I love... Crime stories, we and do. this is in there. This, there's an example of one that um, I I often bring up when I'm talking about the Kids First program. Um, in 2012, there was a man in Washington. His name was Josh Powell. You can Google it. He was under criminal investigation. His wife had been missing a couple of years prior, and there were all these other extenuating circumstances. And temporary custody was given to um, his in-laws, the missing wife's parents. And so he had to have supervised visitation. Well, they had a social worker that would come from CPS and pick the children up and take them into his home. Well, on one particular day, she took the children over and he grabbed the kids. The two boys pulled him in, pushed the social worker out and shut the door. And she started to panic calls 911 but at this point there's there's no safety there's no security he did wind up killing his children and himself oh my wow goodness. and so that's a very extreme example of why it is great to have a safe space putting these kids first mm-hmm. so that you know because sometimes the situation a, a lot of times it's not anything that serious and they're not the kids aren't in danger but it's difficult to determine what's going on in someone's mind so this creates a space of security and safety, uh, conflict-free environment, all of the wonderful elements, takes the families out of the responsibility. Um, so because of stories like that, we're very, very proud of our program and so thankful for our volunteers. So, so thankful. Is there anything like that in Midland? 
Odessa? Not, yeah. We don't, there is nothing else exactly like kids first. It is a completely, and that is why we have such a huge waiting list. If we have more volunteers, we could see more people. Gotcha. So, and, so, and we just, like I said, we, we always need volunteers everywhere. We will not turn anyone away. We need a lot of volunteers in Odessa right now. Yes. So. And that's but, honestly the, the coolest thing. I actually recruited two of my coworkers to, to come and volunteer. Oh my gosh, yes. you're so great. <laughs> and they're, they're so excited. One of them is my boss and she was like, Oh yeah, we went to the training. She brought her husband with her. So her and her husband are signed up to do, uh, Midland and Odessa. And then one of my other coworkers, Kelsey, she just started volunteering too. So trying to get everyone that's I can. <laughs> yeah, that's just so excited. That's that many more kids that will benefit from this program with those just those three volunteers. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's that's kids that can start getting off that waiting list and right into kids first. So that's sure. fantastic that even just three new volunteers, even with us, three new volunteers, that's a huge deal. <laughs> yes, we get very excited. And it truly is, I mean, a, a time where our, these kids can actually... They have some anxiety lifting. I mean, to touch on what that does for the kid. I mean, it's it's just not a great space, whatever the reason is. It's not mm-hmm. a, it's not always positive. So we're trying to redirect some of that positivity into the lives of these kids. And Courtney, how have you seen firsthand it affect the kids' mental health? How have you seen them since you've been there for eight months? Let's say someone that you started out with, and now a couple months down the road, how have you seen them change? So I'll, I'll give you an example. There's there's a family that I've interacted with, and they have three kids. They've got one older boy and then two younger girls. Um, ages range probably elementary through high school. But at first, um, the older brother, he he's always kind of been the leader in the family. So he'll usually interact with, and their non-custodial parent is their mom. So they live with their dad, and uh, they're always visiting their mom, and he's always kind of like the leader, starting the conversations, um, picking up with his mom and kind of mm-hmm. just like uh, setting an example for his younger sisters. And the the youngest girl is usually, you know, pretty good to follow. But the middle the middle child was, um, she was a little hesitant at first. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that there was probably some, some uh, unresolved feelings there with her. Sure. And so at first she was a little bit closed off, a little bit more distant from her mom. But her mom really never showed any effect, would always try to be like, hey, why don't we do this? Or what do you want to do? Or Mm -hmm. "Um, tell me about this. Or how have you been at school? And just kind of trying to get her to open up a little bit. And so recently, so right before Christmas holiday, you just see a complete kind of like full butterfly transformation. And I remember sitting there taking notes and her and her mom are creating choreography to a song. And it's just, yeah, it's just completely different than what I had seen just a few months before. You've seen it evolve into a good space. That's awesome. And they're just like sitting there trying to do their choreography, practicing it over and over again, have the music on the phone. Um, Someone's like recording it for them. And it's just completely different and it's really great to see how how much of a change there is and you just see her mom so enjoying it like finally i broke through the shell and the daughter's just kind of opening up having fun smiles everywhere so those are the things that make it worth it and you just remember wow they're gonna have that memory forever right that's really cool that's such a wonderful example and i think something that I'm told all the time by Becca Aarons, our director of Kids First, is these 
children want a relation. They they love their parents. It doesn't matter what happened between the parents. It doesn't matter if there was a crime committed. It really just, it's something intrinsic. You want to have some kind of relationship with your parents. It's part of the human experience. So mm -hmm. uh, this is a way to foster that in a safe space. 100%. Yeah. And you've mentioned earlier, too, about the court system. Are some of them court appointed? They work. You guys work hand in hand with the court system. We do for those visitations. Uh, a lot or? of this is where we receive a lot of referrals. Okay. So yes, um, when because a lot of times they are court ordered, supervised visitation, and so they'll con. You know, we will get phone calls from the court system or lawyers um, asking if they can get into our program. Which you know we want to be able to serve everyone. So the more volunteers we have the more children that we can provide the safe space for. Uh, but every now and then there are some other situations. For example, um, someone who didn't know they had a child and was told that they have a child. It's not because there's a danger. It's just a, creating a an avenue for them to get to know a parent that they didn't know. Yes. So. And that's obviously not the norm, but sometimes it's not anything to do with the court system. Sometimes it's just uh, a decision made by parents. So um, it's there are a lot of cool stories, I'm sure. And but in just like every other nonprofit in town, these stories are what uh, inspire others to volunteer. So mm -hmm. it's really important that we share keeping confidentiality, but share the experiences right. that we have because it, it's what makes it really special. And what is the process to be a volunteer? Becca Ahrens provides training, and she's really great about scheduling around your schedule. She can uh, That's right. provide it at any time, and she's happy to do that. And the cool thing is you learn about the program, and once that's done, you're signed up. You have a There is a background check. It's pretty simple. And then you're good to go. You, uh, I've been through the training. Were we in the training together? I think we were, I think we yes. Were. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a very simple process. And then after that, she'll put you on a schedule. And the great thing is she's pretty good in understanding about, you know, something falls through. It's okay. It's mm -hmm. not going to be the yeah, end of the life world. Life happens, right? Life happens exactly. for everybody. But you just contact uh, Becca Ahrens at our, at our office. By phone, you can also reach her at errands at centers.org. Um, you can look at our website for more information. Great. Courtney, thank you so much for joining us in the studio today. Is there anything else that you'd like to say about Kids First? Oh, it's it's my pleasure to be here, and thanks for having me on. Honestly, this program is very close to my heart, so hopefully more people will get become volunteers and get acquainted with what it really means and what is involved in it. Yes, so. thank you for thank volunteering, you. and we hope yeah. that we've encouraged some people to come on out and join Kids First. <laughs> thank you. Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library 432-682-2731. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at 
C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.